Bonsoir. Approchez, approchez. Je me présente, je m'appelle Teddy Pruvot, je suis le copain de Rebecca depuis 8 mois. On m'a dit que t'avais foutu le bordel au village. Mais non, j'ai pas foutu le bordel. Dégage, maintenant. Ah, vous puez l'alcool Tu penses à la gratitude Tu vois ça 90 mètres carrés habitables. Piscine creusée et pergola. C'est quoi une pergola J'entends toujours les gens dire « Oui, euh, bah, il fait grand beau. Ce soir, nous dînerons sous la pergola. » Et je me dis « Nique sa mère, il nous en faut une. Oh » <rire> <rire> hey, C'est loup La tête de ma mère, j'arrive. Oh, Didier Croque-mitaine Le maudit voit son corps changer à mesure que les pulsions de chasse l'envahissent. Tézi, attention, plus mal là. Allez, le bisou. Fromage de tête. D'habitude, tu prends des chocolates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. I am 130, your hosting team, Mike, and joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? How are you doing? Greetings and salutations, lycanthropists. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Mike. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I am doing well. Uh, you know watched another sub 90 minute movie it's, it feels like that's a trench <laughs> here yep. <laughs> yeah uh joining us as always as well it's don and ellie what's up don how are you bonjour ah. de ici. <laughs> that's dedication i got right the bonjour yeah I, I we all get hello that. yeah <laughs> you had me at hello <laughs> Uh, je n'avais pas besoin de te dire pour l'intro, j'ai pris à français aussi. <laughs> yeah. That's for our two French listeners. Uh, yeah. Maybe they'll uh, tell yeah. two French listener friends and then we'll get four. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, time to turn off the subtitles. Um, this is no longer Rosetta Stone portion of the podcast. Um, so, yeah. Um, basically, this is a little uh, flex of mine. Um, I did... Uh, but yeah, that was hello. Nice to be here. Um, the second thing was that I had, this is one of the few things I did need to study for to learn the intro. I actually studied French in high school. Oh, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. So I took, uh, yeah. I took a bunch of languages in high school too, but I went to high school in like the fifties. So yeah, it's been a while. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not that I can actually like you know travel to downtown Paris and hold a conversation with somebody but it's one of the few languages I know a little bit more about. So, hey, Small I'm, little... <laughs> I'm Spanish, and I can barely hold up a conversation with uh, somebody in Los Angeles. So, hey. well, I've, got I with, I've got less to do with the Spanish than the people, but point taken. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah, I I took a couple years of Spanish in high school. I I got to the point where I could understand it more than I could actually speak it back. Um, 
and yeah, now it's that's, just kind of faded that's kind all of together. How I, that's kind of how I am, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, today we are talking about a Shutter flick, or at least a movie that's streaming on Shutter. Um, it's called Teddy, and. The synopsis is as follows. In a rural French town, 20-something Teddy is scratched by an unknown beast and slowly undergoes frightening changes. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to understand what an unknown beast really is, but uh, I guess I won't (laughs) state it at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Or when you scroll to it on Shutter, I guess uh, anticipate it and close your eyes. I don't know. There you go. I don't know, but... (laughs) Um, what else was I going to say? I don't think so. Or I don't think anything. I already mentioned another sub 90 minute movie, 88 minutes. So we are seeing a trend of those lately, but let's find out what we thought of Teddy Venom. I'll kick it to you first. General thoughts. All right. Well, I got a funny feeling that I'm going to be in the minority on this one based on some of the reviews that I'm seeing online. I absolutely love this movie. This was an absolute treat for me beginning to end. Um, First and foremost, the cinematography in this film is gorgeous. Uh, The color palette. I mean, right from the very first shot of the film with the old woman in her kitchen, you're seeing these bright, vibrant primary colors. It's something that you don't often see in a horror film, at least maybe not since like a Midsommar. Um, The whole film doesn't look like that, but in the parts where it is brightly lit, everything just looks so nice and colorful. I I was almost convinced I was watching a 4K transfer, except that Shudder doesn't do 4K. So um, just, yeah, visually, the movie is stunning. There are multiple slow zoom shots that I think just were absolutely perfect for ramping up tension. You get one right at the very beginning of the film where the camera does a slow zoom to a kitchen window, but then uh, all the action is outside on the other side of the window. So you're just kind of like a spectator, you know, like you're watching a film. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there were multiple shots like that. Uh, The transformation is another one, despite maybe not seeing as much as we'd like in the transformation. I think the way that it was shot was absolutely masterful. I loved it. Um, aside from the cinematography, we've got a really good score. I was really happy with the score throughout the film. Now, as far as the story goes, not really anything all that special. You know, we've got this, um, we've got like the town loser, the, the town dropout who, you know, dropped out of school before he even started junior high, you know, working job to job to, you know, help out at home and make ends meet. Um, You know, the town kind of looks at him as a loser. He does have a girlfriend that he's very in love with um, to the point where he's making some kind of ridiculous future plans, considering it's a relationship that they're only eight months into. But, um, you know, he gets attacked by some kind of creature, as we, you know, as Mike said in the synopsis. And then, you know, we all know the blueprint from there. Slowly, he starts, you know, kind of transforming into some kind of beast Um, Every night it gets worse and worse until we get to a particular night, which I think we all know where we're going with that, uh, where he makes his full transformation and just goes absolutely beast mode. Now, I think where the biggest complaints of this movie are going to be is in its lack of on-screen kills and gore. I think 
some people might even go so far as to say this isn't a horror movie. And, you know, if anyone says that, I'm not going to say they're wrong. Um, it's just, you know, like I said, there's not a whole lot of visceral action on screen. We do get a little bit of blood here and there. The one on-screen kill that we actually do get isn't ultra bloody, but it's a very uncomfortable kill because of how long it's dragged out. It starts as what seems like a very sensual scene, but then turns into a very uncomfortable slow kill um, to the point where the person where the victim isn't even dead yet when the killer is walking away because you can very plainly see them still breathing and struggling, but they're very definitely going to die from their wounds. Um, you know, that's really like one of the only scenes of death that we get in the film later in the movie, we'll get some after aftermath shots, you know, uh, some people's bodies, dead bodies lying around after the fact, but, you know, unfortunately we don't really get to see a whole lot of that. There's a, you know, just a big gigantic kill scene at the end of the film, um, that unfortunately, like I said, we don't really get to see a whole lot of it. I know that would have heightened a lot of people's enjoyment of the film, especially the hardcore, you know, gore hounds in the community. But, you know, unfortunately that's not this movie. This movie is definitely more of a character study. I mean, it's called Teddy and rightfully so this movie is all about our boy, Teddy, um, his little misadventures throughout the town, um, I like how they downplay the attack, you know, rather than making the attack scene a big scene like an American werewolf in London or a howling type movie. It's it's just we don't even see the attack. Basically, you know, our character goes into the woods and he comes back and he's got a wound on his, you know, on his body. And he's talking about how he was attacked by something that he couldn't see in the darkness, blah, blah, blah. And then the movie kind of takes off from there. So I I do I will understand the complaints that this movie might be a little bit too subtle, a little bit too um, maybe dramatic, especially with its romance, because the, um, the romance does end up being kind of a big part of the film, uh, whether you want it to or not. And we all know how I feel about forced romances. I don't think they really overdid it with this one, especially once we get the revelation at the end of maybe one of the people in the relationship not being as into it as the other, it, you know, it, it, it kind of, how can I put it? Uh, it kind of explains some of the actions by some characters throughout the film, but we'll get into that more in the spoiler section. So I'll, I'll just cut it off here and say, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. There's going to be very, very little that I have to complain about. I was thoroughly on board beginning to end. I like Teddy. Teddy is an imperfect character. I mean, he starts off, like just a complete douchebag. The first couple of scenes that we see him in the film, he's just a total asshole. But then as, as the movie goes along, we see Teddy's home life. We see the things that he has to deal with at home. And it, it doesn't necessarily make you more forgiving of Teddy's douchebaggery, if you will, but you, but at least you understand where it's coming from. And, he becomes a more human character at that point, no pun intended, um, you know, just much more organic and believable. So, yeah, overall, this is a, a nice little subtle character study wrapped around a, you know, animal attack and animal transformation that, I, you know, I love the subtlety of it. I love the fact that the transformation we don't get a lot, but through the sound design and how the scene was shot. Uh, your your brain can kind of fill in what you really want to see. Um, and yeah, like I said, from a technical as aspect, a wonderful movie. Absolutely loved it. I love the acting. I love the writing. Like I said, guys, I'm not going to have many complaints about this movie. 
And I can solidly say as of right now, this is absolutely in my top 10. I just adored this film. I loved every character in it, even the shitty people that were supposed to hate. Yes, I still hated them, but that just means they did a good job at, you know, what they were supposed to do. They, you know, if they're supposed to come off as a rich entitled asshole and they do that, then job well done. So yeah, overall, really, really enjoyed this movie and I look forward to watching it again. I, I would probably venture to say, uh, look for this in my end of year list. Okay, that's a pretty ringing endorsement <laughs> of Teddy. So I'll kick it over to Don. What did you think of Teddy? Well, uh, I wish I could say I like this. I wish I could call this a horror film. I can do neither. And it's really unfortunate because the first issue is compound. Com- the issue, the first issue is the second one. Um, I want to say I do agree with a lot of Venom's points. I do think the film as a whole is very well made. I don't have any issues with you know the look of it, how it's presented how it, you know, plays out, how all of the, you know, the various storylines intersect. I just want a werewolf movie to be about a werewolf that runs around ripping people's throats <laughs> out and not giving it. That's my werewolf. That's my perfect werewolf film. You know, the howling dog soldiers. I prefer that kind of stuff. I don't prefer, I don't like the, you know, wolfman kind of, you know, God, I don't want this thing inside of me. Get it out. You know, I don't like that kind of a werewolf. I like, you know, the mean, vicious, bite your throat out, look to the victim standing beside you and tack them too. That's just me. But, yeah, uh, he's completely right about this one. I, I don't see much horror in this one. Uh, a lot of it is given away in the third act where you can tell what kind of a film this is by how it presents what it, what should be its centerpiece sequences. It's The transformation scene is literally behind closed doors. And I mean that in the most... Mm-hmm. literal sense of the word because it's literally behind the closed doors of a bathroom stall you see the aftermath you see parts of what's going on but but the transformation is literally behind closed doors the attack sequence that transpires is done off screen we don't see it we don't see anything that transpires of the massacre that, that massacre that took place here which it literally is it's a massacre and to me, that just sort of highlights what kind of a film this wants to be. And it, I don't have an issue with it being so. I just have an issue with it being labeled as a horror film. Because even though this is this is great at what it is, I mean, he's, you know, Venom is correct in this. There is a lot to like about the relationship between Teddy and uh, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rebecca. Uh, I, I was trying to, he, I, it's not like he was calling her babe for a few seconds so that kind of because he shortens her and he calls her reed for a few seconds and it sounded like yep. babe and that kind of yeah it threw me for a second there so i was trying to remember what her actual name was but yeah um there is a lot to like there you do get a lot of understanding with his backstory you know his aunt and uncle that he has to take care of you get an idea of you know who he is what he's gone through you know why the town treats him as such you know the dead-end job the you know oh, all of that, it, it gives you a great background and be- understanding of who he is, but none of it's a horror. None of it's a horror background, and that just kind of it took me out of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, um, I don't have much else to say about this one. 
I like it for what it is. It's just it's not a horror film, so I'm not really that in, I'm really not that high on it. So um, yeah, I don't have uh, much else to add about it uh, other than spoiling it. So that's uh, mm-hmm. my two cents. <laughs> All right. So as far as I go, yeah, I'm probably in between Venom and Dawn. I I'll say for me personally, I I still think there's enough there to say it is a horror movie. I would call it like lower case H horror. You know, you're it's not much of a secret that it's a werewolf movie going in, as we said, you know, based on the poster itself and what happens relatively early on in the film to kind of set up uh, the character of Teddy going forward. But, uh, you know, those expecting like, you know, your high, high amount of carnage and just werewolf, you know, every time nightfall comes is, you're not going to get that from this movie. This very, this feels like a, I, I want to say not so much coming of age. Cause the character is like, you know, high school graduate, I think. Um, well, but he it's, should be. it's very, yeah. I mean, well, it should be. Yeah. As far as age wise goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of feels like, you know, somewhat of an allegory or metaphor for kind of like, his life around, you know, there's the changes going around, going on around him with uh, characters kind of parallel what happens to him once he becomes quote unquote cursed, I guess, to be uh-huh. the Wolfman werewolf character. Um, you know, you've got the, the girlfriend who is obviously making changes. We can, we'll get into that during spoilers. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, his life's not really going so well, uh, more or less. Um, he's kind of at a crossroads uh, as far as what exactly he wants to do with his life. And um, so, you know, we kind of get that set up there. I, I agree. We don't get a ton of kills on scene. We get more aftermath than anything. Um, I agree. The cinematography is great. It's a beautiful movie to look at, which, you know, for being like lower budget, I was, I was pretty impressed with with how it looked. Um, what else? Am I, you know, I'm trying to see what has, what hasn't already been said because between like the uber positive and the kind of underwhelming, you guys have pretty much said everything <laughs> I was gonna say um, either side. But you know, this uh, this movie doesn't have a too many likable characters. I guess. I mean, I guess you can have some sympathy for Teddy's character. I, I suppose. Um, but it seems like, you know, the more you get to know the characters around him, the more it's like, eh, I kind of see why Teddy is the way he yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> so you don't really what, forgive him, but you understand. <laughs> yeah, you understand how the character of Teddy came to be, who he is. Um, and, you know, with that said, you know, I'll I'll keep my general thoughts short just because I feel like everything has been said. I'll, I'll just say it, it's kind of middle of the road for me. I, I did think it was a good movie, though. It's just, I think people's problem with it is how much horror they feel they get out of it, which is going to determine, you know, where it could end up or not end up on a list later on, how important that is to them in their horror movie. Because like I said, I won't go as far as Don to say he didn't really feel it was a horror movie, but I do agree that there was a lot of lacking in, 
and horror elements. Um, exactly. I mean, most people kind of expect um, a big major transformation and then at least some gore in their werewolf movies. I mean, you know, almost 99% of them, you're going to get stuff like that. So it's definitely, it, you know, it, it's going to disappoint people ultimately. I think, I think if you go into it knowing that it's more of a character study than a visceral horror film, I think mm-hmm. you may enjoy it a little more. Um, but for whatever it's worth, it, it just, it worked for me and it was all cause of Teddy. I mean, the character of Teddy, despite being an imperfect character, I found him to be quite charming. Like yeah. I can understand why he has a girlfriend that's way out of his league. I mean, you know, one of the prettier girls in the town, she's on her way to college. She's going to be a successful, whatever it was, a lawyer, doctor, whatever it was she said she wanted to be. Um, I could see why a loser like Teddy would be able to get this girl because he is somewhat charming. You kind of have to, unfortunately, you kind of have to admit it. You know, he doesn't, he, he's the kind of guy that comes off like a douche once you get to know him. But when mm-hmm. you first meet him, like at a party or something, he might come off like just a really cool guy. And and for a guy who literally never even started junior high, I mean, they made the comment in the in the movie that he, he quit high school before even junior high. I mean, excuse me. He quit school before he even got to like what we would consider junior high or middle school. So he never even made it to high school. But he's still, you know, he's got a job. He's. You know, obviously he's living with an aunt and uncle, but he's still making ends meet. He's surviving, you know, on top of the fact that outside of his home life, everything that he has to deal with in the community kind of shapes who he is. Like his mm-hmm. boss, you know, constantly sexually assaulting him and you know, <laughs> you know, just a complete bitch to him. I mean, that that wears on your personality. You know, it's going to change, especially at that age, at, you know, high school age, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. It's and it's gonna make you an asshole. So you know, oh, I can, yeah, <laughs> I can kind and, of see why the one kill that we actually got on screen was the character that we got. I think it was the the, the guilty pleasure character that we all wanted to see get killed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even think that's. I was gonna say I don't even think that's a kill because I remember them saying that she's still alive. Oh, oh really? I thought they said yeah, she died. No, she. They say that she's in the ICU. Oh, I completely missed that. Well, then. In that I case, she's, she's going to be a werewolf too, right? And that's what I said as Teddy was walking out. I'm like, well, wait a minute, dude. If you don't kill her, she's going to come back as a wolf and she's going to be pissed off at you. Because that was another cool thing that I thought they did in this movie, that Teddy as a werewolf still has all his mental faculties. Like, he can still think. He can't talk necessarily. You know, he's not a humanoid. Um, he is bipedal. But, I mean, he's smart enough to know how to cut the power you know, he was hitting circuit breakers after his transformation. So, I mean, I, I, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I, I have a special place in my heart for werewolves that just go completely feral. You know, when they when they turn into a werewolf, it's American Werewolf in London, basically. They're just a complete animal. But I also have a lot of respect for movies that let the werewolves keep a little bit of their intelligence and their personality. And yeah. when, we talk, when we talk about the finale, that's really going to come out. Um, I think that tends to be yeah when they do Wolfman instead of Werewolf. I mean, exactly. technically it's the same, sure, but sure. I think there's different uh, characteristics. Not always, but mm-hmm. in in general, yeah. Um, yeah. And as far as like his girlfriend, yeah, it, it makes sense because this takes place in a rural town, small town. So it makes sense that like a guy like Teddy could you know get that kind of girlfriend to 
you know, have a relationship with him through high school when yeah. everyone's world is the same scope. But she's obviously g- going to be moving on to bigger and better things where for him, like, he he barely finished junior high, if he did. Yeah. And he doesn't really have any ambition or is showing any direction to, like, do anything. So... Obviously, like it makes sense why that relationship's going to come to an end the minute she's off to college. And the way he reacted, yeah, because it's that's just like another realization of like I'm pretty much losing everything around me. Yeah, and it's you know ultimately it's because he's a small town kid who just wants to stay in the small town. Like all his future goals involve the town that he's already in. You know the big plans for the future that he has. But yeah, and uh, a lot uh, of the dumb a lot of the dumb little fun things they do together as a couple she's doing them because it's like well we're still in high school this is the time to do them where for him that's like that's gonna be his life yeah (laughs) that's valid yep very true (laughs) all right well we're kind of on the verge of borderline spoilers anyway so i guess we should just get into it yeah well like i said we already talked about teddy we've already kind of introduced him you know he he has a uh, he has a job at a massage parlor um, with uh, what's her name? Gislaine Gislaine, however you pronounce that French name. Sounds like a weird name. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I just got the hiccups. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm not drinking either. So don't don't accuse me. Um, anyway, Teddy is a massage therapist. He's obviously like a, a junior at that place because, you know, she's constantly giving him instructions and making him do shit that he doesn't want to do. Clean the toilet, give foot massages when the customer hasn't paid for a foot massage, just random stuff like that. So, you know, like I said, they spend the first 10 or so minutes just kind of setting up how Teddy is kind of the town loser, the town um, punching bag, I guess is a better way to put it. All the cool kids with money just make fun of them. Um, she you know, kind of, of reminded me of Tony Soprano's sister. Oh, yeah. No, very much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the look anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm almost surprised that he didn't go for her advances just because of the way that they're kind of building Teddy as a character, you figured he might just do it, but right, I guess he just loved yeah. his girlfriend that much. That's one of the things I like about Teddy is that, like I said, he he is an imperfect character. He comes off like an asshole, but when the chips are down, he does tend to make the right decisions, um, which, you know, I kind of respect him for, you know, this is an uneducated kid who's still at times making very intelligent decisions. And then at other times he's completely idiotic, but yeah, that's kind of character. In another aspect, I forgot to mention during the, um, the general thoughts, we were just Mm -hmm. there. Uh, I almost get the vibe too, that like the pretty girlfriend might've just been like kind of hanging around and dating him to like stick it to her parents. Cause we get that scene right? uh, like early on when he comes over and, the dad does once the dad sees it's him at the door, he doesn't even want to answer it. Yep. <laughs> he makes his way inside and he's trying to even talk him out of, you know, oh my daughter's not home. Oh she blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And then, you know, the next scene is like them having sex. So it's almost like she's kind of sticking it to her dad. Um, well, I mean, Teddy's, then, Teddy's like the town bad boy, you know, uh-huh. and the good girl who studies and does all her homework. The bad boy always looks attractive, you know, that mentality of, ooh, I can fix him. I can, you know, make him the man that I want him to be. Um, or yeah, there's that, there's, uh-huh. that, uh, there's that aspect of Teenage Rebellion that sure. 
to someone that doesn't rebel, it almost looks at a sort of like as an element of freedom to them because, yeah. you know, I, I do all the right things. I study and like this person over here is having all this fun. So it's like to like kind of date them or, mm-hmm. you know, be friends or hang out. It's almost like, okay, I'm getting my slice of like freedom and rebellion, even though ultimately I'm still going to like conform eventually you know it's like giving me my little time to just rebel and stick it to my parents exactly exactly so yeah so you know like i said we spend a lot of the movie with teddy kind of watching him go through his mundane life dealing with his uncle and aunt his uncle who's like i I don't know kind of half insane his aunt is basically catatonic just kind of sits in a wheelchair all day just kind of staring into the distance um so you know obviously to have to take care of these people because i can't imagine uncle has the uh the mental capacity to have a job i he, i forget some of the stuff that he said throughout the movie but he actually had some really funny lines that they all escape me right now but yeah he, he was actually a pretty cool character um so like i said you know we we kind of see all this we see you know him uh, during one of his, uh, um, what do you call it, Brazilian wax sessions where he's where there's a bunch of guys that are drunk and they're just getting one of their friends to, you know, uh, get the Brazilian wax all you know on his legs and his privates and his butt. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Teddy doesn't want to do it. They coerce him into doing it by giving him money. So once again, you've got elements of classism there. They're taking advantage of the poor guy who doesn't have any money, getting him to do stuff he doesn't want to do. This all kind of shapes Teddy's personality and the kind of person he is. Um, Like I said, I don't think Teddy is a bad guy. He's just he hasn't had a lot of luck in his life. And he's it seems like he's doing the best he can. The fact that he even has a plan for the future um, is surprising. You know, for somebody that age with that little education, he still does have a plan. Like he already has a, a piece of property that I assume either he or someone in his family owns that he's planning on building a house with uh, that he's planning on building a house on. And obviously he's planning on, you know, having a life with his girlfriend, Rebecca, obviously he's kind of being overzealous because they've only been together eight months. And, you know, by the time you kind of see the end of the film and where the relationship goes, um, you can kind of see Mike's point about Rebecca just kind of, you know, wanting to be rebellious and get that out of her system while she's in high school. Cause then once she goes to college and starts actually studying to be the lawyer that she wants to be, she's not going to date guys like this. She's not even going to give guys like this the time of day once she goes to college. So, you know, I can kind of see that little, just get get that little rebellious spirit out, you know? Yeah. Um, And as it turns out, she didn't even wait to go back to call or wait to go to college for that. Yeah, exactly, as we find out later. But, uh, yeah. Well, that, so, uh, that's why I was kind of shocked, because, or mm-hmm. that's why I could tell, like, the there was uh, definitely the aspect of the parents, like, not um, enjoying the fact that he was, or that she was dating him. Because then later on, when she's obviously sleeping with the one dude, um, I just kind of knocks on the door knowing he's in there and he's like, Oh yeah, we'll be ready in a little bit. Yeah. And the dad's yeah, like, all right. I'm like, dad is absolutely happy that his daughter is fucking a good guy now. And the, you know, the funniest <laughs> thing about this, I know it's like, it's not even a big deal. Like it's, it's not, it's not relevant to the movie itself, but I found it kind of funny that like the couple, the couple of like sex scenes we got between Teddy and her, 
like there was no nudity but then like we nope. get her topless on a random scene where he's like looking through her window exactly. with with the new boyfriend or i wouldn't even call him a new boyfriend it might just be someone to hook up with for like until yeah, she goes exactly. off to college um it was funny that they chose like that scene to do the nudity and maybe it's just because we really needed to drive the point home of like teddy's reaction of like seeing it like yeah how it pisses them off you know exactly no that that's valid absolutely i agree with that so then we get to the scene with with the attack and as we mentioned earlier we don't really get to see the attack there is no attack on screen basically teddy is outside uh at his property at his it's basically just a plot of land that he has corded off uh where he's planning on building his house and while he's there one night he hears a noise in the surrounding woods goes out into the woods we hear a scuffle like the the camera never changes its shot it just shows uh teddy kind of going into the woods the camera stays static there we hear a scuffle in the woods then teddy comes out and we can see that he now has a wound on his side something bit him or it scratched him on uh, his side his lower side so he goes home and he you know he he goes to dress the wound and everything else and you know he claims he doesn't know what attacked him his uncle asks him Oh, what's funny is that his uncle instantly thinks it's a werewolf. Now, you know, we already said that the uncle is a little off his rocker. So it's kind of funny how uncle called it before anybody else, where he literally was like, oh, you sure it wasn't a werewolf? And then later on in the same scene, he's like, well, if it was a werewolf, you'll transform and then we'll know. <laughs> I mean, just like nonchalantly, like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll know soon enough if you're a werewolf or not, you know, even though Teddy doesn't believe us a word of it. He's like, dude, it was just a dog. Relax, blah, blah, blah. They go see a doctor. They pull a tooth out of the wound. It's not very big. It looks like it could be a dog. But, you know, so Teddy just kind of, you know, chalks it up as being a dog and just kind of blows off his uncle. But obviously we're watching a horror movie. So, you know, we all know what's going to happen. Slowly, Teddy starts to transform, and what I, what was funny, the, the, I, I like, I kind of like the way they handled the slow transformation here, where the first thing that actually, the first physical thing that happens is Teddy starts growing hair on his tongue in the middle of oral sex. He's literally going down on his girlfriend, and then suddenly she's like, "Ow, ow, it hurts, ow." He goes to the bathroom, sticks out his tongue, and there is fur growing on his goddamn tongue. No idea what that feels like on a clitoris, but it doesn't seem like it would be that bad because it wasn't like spiky. It was like soft black hair. But anyway, he goes and he shaves his tongue, literally shaves his tongue with a razor. He goes to see the doctor the next day. But of course, the next day, the sun is out, you know, um, so obviously he goes back to normal. There's no more hair. And like I said, the, the transformation is very subtle. Um, the next night, um, once again, he's just kind of chilling at home and he realizes that he has a single hair growing out of one of his eyeballs, literally like growing out of the side of the actual eyeball, one big, long black hair that totally freaks him out. Um, he ends up pulling it out with a pair of tweezers. His eye starts to bleed, blah, blah, blah. The sun comes up, everything is fine. But, I, you know, without having to go into every single werewolf-related scene, I think you guys kind of see where this is going. Every night that we get closer to a, a full moon, Teddy either physically or emotionally turns more into a wolf. Because there's some scenes where Teddy actually looks completely normal, but he's still very much feral. 
you know, he's not in control uh, necessarily. You know, he's, he knows what he's doing, but he almost doesn't care. And specifically, we could talk about the kill, you know, when he kills his boss at the massage part. Or, excuse me, I've been corrected. Maybe not a kill after all, but um, the attack on his boss at, at the massage parlor where basically in an earlier scene, um, the boss tried to mount, literally mount, uh, Teddy, she was giving him a massage. She told him to t- uh, turn over on his back. As soon as he flips over, she mounts him. Um, I thought it was funny that Teddy actually referenced hashtag me too as he's being attacked. He's like, hey, this is sexual harassment. Hashtag me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I see, Mike, I see your point about how you thought he would just do it anyway. But I think at the time he was still very in love with his girlfriend and ultimately, you know, Teddy's like 18, 19 years old, and that woman's not, you know, that woman's got to be in her 50s, probably doesn't look ultra attractive to him. So I could see him pushing her off, especially because it's a surprise, because if she never advanced on him before, it's got to be a surprise well, that suddenly your 50-year-old boss is trying to fuck you. Well, he makes it sound more, the first time he does it, it seems more like this is the first time she's gone this far. Yeah, she's like she's done stuff. stuff. Yeah, she's done stuff to him before, but this is the first time that he, she's like trying, like she's out in the open doing exactly. So you know, like I said, we get that scene. Teddy runs away, blah blah blah. But then later on, once again, um, his boss tries to get him to. This time, she tries to get him to give her a massage. He basically orders her as as his boss to give her a massage. She's laying on the table with just a towel on. But unfortunately, at this point, the sun has gone down and we're getting closer and closer to a full moon. This is the scene where Teddy doesn't look like he's really physically changing, but you can tell his attitude has changed because suddenly out of nowhere, he's into it. He's actually making out with her. But he's making out in a really weird way where he where he kind of wants to lick her face the whole time. It's like rather than actually getting in there for a French kiss, it seems like he really just wants to lick her face, which I guess tracks since he is kind of turning into a canine. (laughs) Um, And then eventually a deep French kiss turns into Teddy biting a chunk of her tongue out of her mouth. And then he just leaves her there. This is this is why I thought she passed away, because there are major arteries in the tongue. And if you lose a major piece of your tongue, you're going to bleed out if you don't get to a hospital soon enough. I mean, you know, we, we, we've all heard of stories of people biting off their own tongues to commit suicide, like in prison or whatever. And that's because it's effective, ultimately. So that's why I assumed that she died. So maybe I just I was a little overzealous with my uh, assumption. But well, because it's only because they say so the next day when they interrogate. Yeah, you're probably right. I probably just missed it. I I was probably writing down a note because I wrote down a lot of notes. I mean, when I really like a movie, I write a lot of notes. So I was I was writing fast and furious. Plus, it's subtitled. Obviously, the movie is French. So, you know, viewers beware. You will have to deal with English subtitles if you're going to watch it on Shudder. Um, so yeah, I, I will fully admit that every now and again, I might miss a line. I might not think that I missed a line, but in this case, it's very obvious I missed a line. Yeah, but but the thing is, is that now that you say that, now that you say that she probably was still alive, now it's odd that we never saw her again. Like, shouldn't she be turning into a, a lycanthrope herself? 
that's really odd because she was still, you know, they were still on the same like pre full moon cycle. So you'd think mm-hmm. she would have turned the same night that he fully turned. So, I mean, you know, that's maybe maybe that's safe. They're saving it for the sequel. Who knows? I don't know. Um, at least we didn't get a stinger at the end teasing a sequel, which we all know I fucking hate those. So thank God for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they, they left themselves open to do it if they had really wanted to. Yes. But um, I mean, yeah, they could I, I feel like they, tell us, you know, Teddy, they could say that Teddy attacked other people that we didn't see on screen. Yeah. Or potentially that some maybe one or two people survived the bingo hall massacre. Mm-hmm. You know? That's so, what I thought might mm-hmm. possibly happen is someone in that massacre would have survived. Um, but I, I feel like they kind of treated the werewolf mature almost like a male version of like ginger snaps. Um, mm. You know, they tied a lot of it into, you know, puberty and like almost enhanced puberty taking over the body uh, the way. Now, obviously I think ginger snaps did it better. I mean, and also because Ginger Snaps was from a female perspective, it was something kind of yeah. different at the time. But, you know, the way, you know, he would try to tell everyone, oh, there's these things going on with me. And everyone, most people around him just assume it's like, oh, you're just growing into a man, basically, you know. Yeah, everybody just and, assumed it was pure puberty. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why um, during different uh, sexual situations throughout the movie that's when like his you know he didn't fully transform into a werewolf but that's when like kind of like the animalistic side of him was enhanced just because the testosterone got flowing and that's where obviously he did some damage um with the oral sex scene it was more because at first she was like oh you're tickling me what are you doing yeah you're tickling (laughs) because he had the hair on his tongue yeah and then obviously with the scene you just referenced in the massage parlor when he just bit off her tongue and um yeah, yeah it's, definitely, it's definitely a slow transformation I, I i think i like as far as lycanthropy being used as an allegory for life change or growing i think i like it better when they use it with a with a female protagonist yeah. I think in ginger yeah, snaps I, I, it just works more because because obviously women you know go through a major change as they go from teenager to young adult whereas guys yeah, we just get bigger <laughs> I, I, I think i think part of like the the allegory you know is when it comes to puberty and stuff i think it, it were it, the reason well i guess there's male elements too but oh, absolutely. it's kind of like lo- losing control of your body you know because when hormones start kicking in and uh, you go you know depending on the individual it can be pretty like not oh not literally overnight but you know you remember well i guess me and venom i don't know how well we remember high school but you, I told you, you I remember you, you know <laughs> you would you would go on summer break as a freshman and come back as a sophomore and some of the girls yes. i mean they're like whoa what happened to you and not in any bad way but just like they looked like they're damn near women over the course of a summer vacation like three months doesn't seem like enough for them to change that much but it could happen and and it maybe from their perspective it's it's almost like an uncontrollable thing that just happens and i think when we get into movies that use uh lycanthropy as uh uh allegory for that that's kind of what they're saying is just the un how your body 
yeah. becomes an uncontrollable thing to you all of a sudden out of nowhere. You can't control these urges, not just sexually speaking, but just in general, the changes happening to your body. And I, that's why I think that allegory always works for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, and obviously the correlation between the blood of a werewolf attack and the blood of, say, menstruation of a young girl, <laughs> you know, getting a period for the first time, again, much like Ginger Snaps. Um, the allegory just fits really well. Obviously, it does fit for both genders. It's just one of those things where it's done so infrequently with female protagonists that when it's done well, it, it really like strikes me and, uh, you know, it leaves an impression. So, but ultimately I still think they did use that allegory fairly well here. Cause obviously Teddy is at a point of change in his life, um, mm -hmm. you know, both romantically and even professionally, because he's obviously very fed up with his job at the massage parlor so, you know, he's probably like right on the cusp. If it weren't for being attacked by a werewolf, you know, he might have been on the cusp of starting a new career. So, I mean, that's more life change right there. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely love the use of lycanthropy as an allegory. Um, and they do it well here, fairly well. But, yeah, mm -hmm. after that attack, I mean, like I said, there's multiple uh, like mild transformation scenes that, you know, we're not going to go into every single one, but you know, there's werewolf hilarity that ensues um, over the multiple days until finally we get to a full moon. And on the night of the full moon, uh, there is also that night, a party going on, or it's like a celebration of um, all the kids that are graduating high school and they're going to be going off to college and blah, blah, blah. Teddy obviously doesn't go to school, so he's not, um necessarily supposed to be at that party but because his girlfriend is an actual like invitee you know he tags along with her uh you know at the, the first part of the evening they get into a argument at the at the private residence you know because first they're at a private residence they're at benjamin's house benjamin is basically the the town rich entitled douchebag that obviously hates teddy and who has also known Teddy's girlfriend, Rebecca, since third grade, I think they said. They literally have, like, been together their entire lives. Um, and obviously, you know, Teddy didn't know that. So as soon as he finds that information out, it kind of, you know, um, you can see the expression on his face change a little bit. Uh, he ends up having an altercation with Benjamin at the party. They get into a fight. He ends up leaving. And then... Um, it's either later that night or the next night where the, the bingo hall occurs. And at the bingo halls where it's like the bigger uh, community event, uh, the the more com uh, broader celebration, whereas the one at Benjamin's house was, you know, friends only, invitees. Uh, but then they're doing it at the bingo hall, and that's the night of the full moon. And we, we get Ted's transformation. Now, I'm going to try to paint a picture because I know a lot of people are not going to like this transformation, but basically what we're looking at is we're looking at a wide shot of a bathroom. And on the far right-hand side of the screen is a bathroom, a toilet stall, and the door is closed, as Don mentioned. And all you can see are Teddy's feet sticking out from the bottom. Now, as I said, the shot starts out wide. Slowly, the, the shot starts zooming in and starts zooming into the lower right where all the action is happening. And basically what we're looking at is we're seeing chunks of skin um, falling to the floor. Obviously, Teddy is in the stall by himself, so we can assume that this is the type of transformation where you peel off your human skin to expose 
the werewolf underneath as as opposed to like a howling or the werewolf where you know your current body parts transform um but of course as you know don yeah if you uh i was gonna say if you or anyone watched the netflix show hemlock grove they kind of did a similar thing where like the werewolf comes out from you kind of almost where you shed your actual skin which always was interesting to me because i'm like well when you turn back does the werewolf shed (laughs) (laughs) because you you never really see the transformation back in these types of uh movies because i'm always like where's the where's the chunks of werewolf when they turn back to human well they're never even in the same spot either because teddy always up naked the next morning and he's mm-hmm. not he's not at the location where he transformed or where he attacked anybody. So obviously, um, you know, who knows if <laughs> I can't imagine they shed their werewolf skin to turn back. But I guess, you know, um, it wouldn't be that out of the uh, ballpark to guess that that's what happens. But, yeah, anyway, like I said, um, transformation is occurring. Now, the reason that I really love this transformation scene, as we've already said, you don't see much of anything. But it's the sound design. The sound design is what sells this scene. As the camera is slowly, and I mean very slowly, zooming in to the lower right-hand side where, you know, uh, we can see Teddy's feet. We're hearing these chunks of skin getting pulled off his body. Like as he's transforming, you can hear him ripping at his flesh and then throwing it on the ground, you know, which makes that wet, splotchy sound, you know, when wet flesh hits the ground, which was just spectacular. And then finally, unfortunately, we do get one tiny little bit of CG at the end of the transformation, and it's Teddy's feet kind of breaking out of the shoes that he's wearing, his mm-hmm. wearing feet. Um, it doesn't look great if you rewind it and look at it again, but if you just kind of take it as, at face value, you know, it, it, it's acceptable. You know, it, It's the one weak point as far as effects go in this movie, and ultimately, I think it's the only use of CG in the film. Because the, the werewolf, yeah. Um, granted, we don't we only get to see the werewolf once, but um, but yeah. So after the transformation, like I said, uh, Teddy is now fully a bipedal kind of the howling style werewolf up on his two legs, covered in fur, big pointy ears, and the only time uh, that we actually get to see him in that form is during one of my absolute favorite shots in the film. Basically. Uh, everybody in the town is at the bingo hall celebrating all these people going off to college. Uh, the lights go out and uh, basically we just hear a ruckus. We don't get to see anything at all. We hear uh, growling. We hear people screaming. We hear things falling and, and glass breaking and things like that. And what we get is basically Rebecca and Benjamin hiding uh, from Teddy. Well, they, not that they know it's Teddy, obviously. They just think that they're being attacked by some random monster. Um, the problem is, and I, I, I didn't set this up properly, uh, the night before the full moon was the night that Rebecca breaks up with Teddy. Basically, the night of that party. Yeah, I, where, I think it's the same day. I, I, I wasn't they, sure. Yeah. No, cause I, 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 it's, it, it makes well, sense if it's the same day. Cause, like yeah, because he it, comes it back, back later in. that night to drop yeah, off the letter, right? Yeah, because that's the whole thing. They break up. To me, I thought they broke up the day after the fight at the house. Because the last thing you see at the house yes. is just him throwing the beer bottles. 
Because right. he has the fight with Benjamin, and then he walks away, and then he grabs all the beer bottles and throws them at the cars. And then yep. that's the last you see of it. And then it's the next day, because, you know, the party takes place in the, at night, and then you see him walk going to her house in the middle of the day. That's when they have the, the conversation about their future, and then she, she breaks up with him. And then huh. it's like he comes back later that day, drops the thing off, and thinks, you know, you know, you know, let, I'm going to, you know, let cooler heads prevail. Let's talk it out, and you know, let's get back together. He finds her. She's already moved on to back to Benjamin, and then he freaks out and goes werewolf. Yeah, that, that, no, that totally makes sense. Um, I knew that they were either the same day or back to back because, like I said, it seemed like they literally had the scene where they broke up, and then literally, it's like the very next scene is at the bingo hall. Um, well, not broke up, but where he drops, where he tries to drop off a letter. Basically, after they break up, he writes her a letter. You know, trying to apologize, trying to list all the things that he's going to do to change and to be different, blah, blah, blah. He goes to drop it off at her house. He sneaks into her bedroom while he's outside of her window. That's when we see her naked there. And then we see Benjamin also come out of the shower naked with them, with her together. Uh, So obviously it's, you know, if she's in bed with him already the day after she broke up with him, odds are she's probably been with him before and maybe even very recently, as in within the last eight months. So, you know, you, you, the viewer would make their own decision on that, whether, you know, you absolutely hate her or not. But anyway, back to the bingo hall. After all of this has happened, Teddy obviously, you know, um, very adamant uh, – that he just dislikes her now and blah, blah, blah. And you can see the look in his face. It seems like he's uh, knowingly going to attack them. Like he knows what's going to happen. He knows that there's a full moon that night and it seems like he knowingly transforms and then goes directly to the bingo hall. Like I said, cuts the power through the circuit breaker, actually flips all the circuit breaker switches to cut off the power And then, like I said, that's when we get all the sound effects of people getting killed, getting attacked, blah, blah, blah. And then we get to Rebecca and Benjamin. They are the final two left alive in the in the uh, bingo hall. They're hiding. They're trying to make phone calls on their cell phone, but they're not able to get any signal. Uh, Ben, they're totally in the dark other than the light from their cell phones. So Benjamin, his phone dies. It goes black and he realizes, oh, shit, my phone is dead. But the phone goes when the phone uh, powers down, he literally is now in complete darkness. So all we can see is Rebecca sitting on the left side, the left side of the screen with her phone shining a light on her face. Eventually, she thinks that she's able to get a hold of someone, but uh, loses the call. And then all the lights come on in the building and Benjamin's gone. Benjamin, who should be sitting right there next to her, is now gone. She is obviously terrified. She slowly gets up and looks up behind the table that they're hiding behind. She looks at the other side of it and she sees Benjamin uh, dead on the floor uh, in, a, in a pool of his own blood. Now, at this point, the, the shot stays static, like it stays on that shot looking down the hall and slowly, very much like Michael Myers in Halloween 78, very slowly, we see the werewolf start stepping out of the shadows and he starts getting like more defined and more defined until finally he is totally out in the light. And I will fully admit that the werewolf design here isn't anything to write home about. 
it looks like a really good Halloween costume. Let's go with that. And then yeah, and I'm not I, saying that's I agree. bad. Like, I'm no, not saying I, that it's bad because it's a long shot. There are no close-ups of the werewolf, so they did well I, with I feel, what they I had. I feel like if they, uh, I feel like if they just would have cut it to where he was kind of half in the shadow and half out, it was perfect. But then it's one of those cases where once they expose, you know, the lack of resources to put into it by bringing him too much out of the shadow that's when it's like okay not as great but when it was kind of when he was just kind of first emerging i thought it looked really good yeah i did too i really like the fact the shadow the 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 outline of it looks a lot better than what it is when you actually get a look at it yeah no it's valid um but like i said we don't get any close-up shots it's still kind of a down the hall shot so you know they worked with what they had and i thought they did really well um that is unfortunately the only shot of teddy as a werewolf that we get um and at that point uh the scene just ends so we don't know at this point if he actually killed rebecca because that scene basically ends with rebecca looking down the hall teddy walks out of the shadows and then it almost looks like he's extending a hand to almost like, you know, asking her to come with him, something along those lines. And then the scene just ends. um, And then it's the next morning. Uh, Teddy wakes up as usual. He wakes up, but naked. Um, But this time he wakes up in the middle of a field. And at the moment that he wakes up, there are dozens of people actually looking for him. They're actually have, they have like a search party put together. Uh, because, you know, even though there's no actual witnesses that Teddy killed everyone at this uh, bingo hall, because of his behavior leading up to this day, because of all the rumors, because of everything else, and then because of the way he reacted at the party, uh, people just kind of assume that Teddy was the one who did all of this. Um like I said, Teddy ends up going back home to his aunt and uncle's house. Uh, the uncle kind of is aware. I'm not sure how. But it seems like he's aware that something major has happened, that Teddy is responsible for some major carnage out there. Don't really, you know, like I said, don't know how he figured it out, but he did. And then we have uh, what ends up being a very subtle final scene where basically uh, Uncle Pepin pours Teddy a bowl of cereal, pours him a bowl of his favorite cereal, puts pours some hot milk into it, and Teddy's eating his cereal, and then the police show up just the the police plus about a dozen or one to two dozen like lynch mob members, like just people in the community with shotguns that are literally just looking for Teddy's head at this point. Nobody has any goddamn proof that Teddy's done any of this, but they're all so convinced it's a mob mentality. So, um, but anyway, um, as uh, people are starting to break, because the police are basically at the front of Teddy's house trying to keep the rioters, um, the lynch mob, if you will, out, away from Teddy's house, like trying to prevent them from entering the house, because they know if they get in there, you know, there's no judge or jury. Teddy's just dead. Um, but then Teddy ends up going upstairs uh, to the upstairs part of their house, and Uncle Pepin kind of follows him up there. Now, at first, the uncle kind of parks himself at the top of the stairs and he points his shotgun down the stairs. Um, I thought he was just going to stay there to protect Teddy, to, to make sure that nobody comes up the stairs. Once the police get to the base of the stairs and they create a wall so that the lynch mob can't get up the stairs, 
Then the uncle goes and he joins uh, Teddy in the room that Teddy is kind of crying in. And uh, from outside the hall, we hear a single gunshot go off. Uh, We go back into the room. Teddy is lying on the ground. And, um, you know, the police don't seem to arrest the uncle. It's almost like the police sympathize with the uncle with everything that I guess the uncle had to go through taking care of Teddy for all these years. Plus the fact that they all, like I said, through mob rule, have decided that Teddy is guilty. Um, the police, are, I guess, are just forgiving of the uncle and they just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they don't worry about it. They're like, OK, well, the, the main danger is gone. So let's uh, let's yeah, just end Yeah, they that. probably don't want mob rule justice either. Oh, no, not at all. I do like that they didn't deal that they didn't do any bullshit with like silver bullets like that's what i was expecting like when the uncle shot him i was expecting teddy to like get back up or something and they were going to pull some kind of silver bullet garbage but i'm glad they didn't you know all it took was one rifle shot as long as teddy was a human he was susceptible he was mortal and it was the next morning so yeah a single Mm -hmm. gunshot and that's the end of our film sadly I'm just saying, I always thought the silver bullet was in there in werewolf form. Uh, maybe. I mean... It depends yeah. on the movie. Yeah, no, because I, I've seen werewolf movies where people, where werewolves were shot in human form with normal bullets and they still didn't go down. Monster Squad. I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, that one comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Monster Squad. Monster Squad, he gets shot and there then he go. transforms in the back of the ambulance anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, so I it's really it's really yeah. movie to movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of yeah, lore gets messed lore. around with. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. In a smaller scale movie like this, I, it makes sense why they would just kind of do their own thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they don't have the budget to really do too much with the lore, so I'm I'm very okay with what they gave us. You know, they gave us a nice, subtle little story. Um, you know. Ultimately, Teddy does, you know, go on a fucking rampage at the end. So we do get a lot of innocent uh, loss of life. But it's still like it's not a mean spirited movie. You know, there's a lot of like horror films that people would consider mean spirited. This one is not at all. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is this movie is a lot less about a werewolf running around terrorizing the town as much as it is about the character of Teddy and kind of his arc and where he is in life and where he where he i think he's somewhat you know as the movie goes on outside of the werewolf stuff going on he is realizing that his life is kind of like at a dead end you know he has a job that he doesn't really like he has a girlfriend that's pretty soon moving on to bigger and better things and he's kind of looking in the mirror like well what the hell do i have going on not yeah, not exactly. much and he's kind of coming to that realization yeah and, and then the werewolf stuff is parallel to that yeah definitely i i one thing that i forgot to mention throughout our conversation i liked how it seemed like teddy was having like a crisis of what to do when he first made the realization of what was happening like, because there there would be times when Teddy looked very comfortable as a werewolf, where he was very comfortable just doing whatever he wanted, being free to do what he wanted. But then there were other scenes where you could definitely see like that crisis going on in his head, where he knows if I keep transforming, I'm gonna fucking keep killing innocent people. You know, that's got to stop. It, it, it's not really out in your face that aspect of it it's really very much under the under the uh kind of under the skin but it, no pun intended 
But if, if you're watching really carefully, especially with, um, you know, the one kill that we see on screen with the boss, the, well, again, the non-kill that we see on screen, um, I, I you could even see in that scene, Teddy's kind of, at first, he doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to attack her. But then just out of nowhere, he just, fuck it. He, there's that fuck it moment where he just mounts her, just like she mounted him earlier. And, you know, he starts going through his motions of, you know, licking her face and blah, 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 doing, I guess, what a werewolf thinks, thinks is sen uh, sensual. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot, that kind of crisis that he was going through. Like I said, they didn't make it a major part of the film. It was really a minor aspect, but it was still there if you were looking carefully. And I enjoyed that. Like I said, ultimately, that's like the biggest thing about this movie is that it's subtle. Very little about this movie is heavy handed or in your face. You know, everything is very subtle. Everything is very um, kind of in the shadows and behind the curtain, if you will. And for whatever reason, it worked for me this time because I'll, I'll be I'll, I will 100 percent admit that I've been in Don's seat before where I'll watch a movie where I expect there to be a good amount of gore and kills and we don't get it and I'll be disappointed. But for whatever reason, this movie, what it lacked in viscera, it made up for in great writing, great cinematography, great performances and an ultimately imperfect, but very likable main character. So yeah, I, I, I think I'm done. I just really enjoyed this one. Yep. Um, I think you might have brought me up on a little, actually. I mean, I, I liked it anyway, before, you know, before I heard what mm -hmm. the both of you had to say. Um, I watched it not too long before we recorded, so I hadn't had a ton of time to digest it. But my, you know, going into the episode before we said anything, you know, it was a movie I liked. I, it was just more you know, horror audiences, how are they going to react to a movie that, you know, when they see or when they hear a werewolf movie, uh -huh. there's probably some automatic points they think it's going to hit. And while this doesn't totally avoid them, you know, they definitely craft it in a way that, you know, that suggests that, you know, obviously it's a smaller movie. They try to work around the uh -huh. fact that they don't have the budget or resources for huge special effects scenes, you know, CGI, practical or otherwise, they just, they, they found ways around it. Some people will be more annoyed at that, but overall I still thought it was a pretty good character study movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, and there was one little plot point that we left dangling or that I left dangling. Um, we said that we were not a hundred percent sure what happened with Rebecca at the bingo hall. Well, at the end of the movie, when the mob shows up at Teddy's house, we actually do see Rebecca um, crying in the background. So another reason that I kind of like Teddy, that despite how pissed off he was at her at the moment, I think his love for her, even in werewolf form, kind of um, gave him more of a sense of, you know, she doesn't deserve this, even though we're not going to be together. I still care about her, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, justify it any way you want to justify it. But it's just another reason that I like Teddy, because he easily could have taken her out. And I don't think anybody would really question his motivation at all. Um, she doesn't deserve it. Obviously, you know, it's not like we have proof that she cheated on him or anything like that. It's speculation more than anything. But I like that decision. I like the fact that he killed everybody at the bingo hall except Rebecca. So, yeah, I did want to point that out, too.
And, and this is what I mean about Teddy has a heart. Teddy is a werewolf with a heart. And I think that's not, we don't really, I mean, we haven't really seen something like that maybe since what, like bad moon, maybe where, you know, the guy that was the werewolf in that movie wasn't always real comfortable with it until the very end, obviously where he got comfortable with it. But I like that aspect of it. I, obviously there's always kind of a, a, a mental crisis when someone makes the realization that they're turning into a werewolf. I just really like the way that Teddy, an 18 year old with no education handled it in this film. I just thought it was really original, really cool. And, and despite the story being, you know, fairly basic, you know, the story in and of itself isn't all that different from other werewolf movies that we've seen, but just the execution was so well done. I just, you, you guys got to shut me up because I could talk about this movie for like two more hours. I, I just really, really, I'm, I'm in shock how much I like this movie. Like I, I well, this movie it's has a good shock though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this movie has no right to be as good as it is, and it fucking is. So, yeah, yeah. so it, it's a matter of if you're looking for a visceral, you know, bloody werewolf movie like Don, then I would say avoid it. If you're looking for a werewolf movie with heart and with an actual kind of story to tell, um, and a character study, a really good character study, then I would highly recommend Teddy. I recommend it. Period. I think this is a great film and. Whether you think it's horror or not, I still think it's a good film that should be watched. Well, I, I I always mm-hmm. just want to make it clear before we end this. I did say I liked it. I just said I don't like it because it's not a horror film. I did say that every that a lot of it was good. I do agree with a lot mm-hmm. of what you're Absolutely. saying. It's just you know it's I I just I don't feel it's enough of a horror film for me to really say I loved it as much as you did. That's that's valid. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Yeah, I'm just, uh, no. said I just wanted to put that out there before we finish this. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it sounds like, you know, even though the three of us liked it to varying degrees, I think it's still getting a recommend. It just, you know, different. You know, the horror fans in general are a, divi- a di- diverse. God, I can't even speak anymore. A diverse <laughs> group. Everyone looks for different things. Everyone enjoys different things. So I think. With a movie like this, it um, it's definitely going to span the spectrum of you know reaction, just depending on what you're looking yeah. for, specifically in a werewolf movie. So, looking wow. forward to what more people have to say because it's relative. This is one that's more relatively recent release on Shutter, so it hasn't been um, around that long. So we'll see yeah, as more people week. start just, to watch it. Just came out on Friday, so yeah, <laughs> we're ready. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap up our discussion on Teddy. But before we get out of here, let's find out if anything new has dropped from the hosts. So, Venom, what do you got? Honestly, since the last time we recorded, I got nothing, brother. Still, uh, the latest episode of It's Not Horror OK covers Christopher Guest's uh, classic mockumentary Best in Show from 2000. That episode is currently available. And then, of course, the the current episode of the main show where we looked at um, what did we look at? Was that the Bruno Mattai episode? No, the right. uh, Equinox and yeah, ah, yes, the other one. Equal Dead Inspiration movies. And yes, Houseu. 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 Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah that, that episode is uh, that, that's episode. the latest episode available from the main show. And ultimately, that's all we have for now. Uh, We do have some good news on the kaiju front. Uh, We have spoken to our friend Jerry Herring, and underwater kaiju from outer space will be back sooner than later. 
Um, you know, uh, obviously all of us have had to deal with different scheduling and life issues, but it seems like those are all kind of finally coming to a close so we can finally start planning. Uh, Jerry's in full swing with uh, Kill the Cast again. They've already put out uh, two episodes since he's been back, so Underwater Kaiju will be next. So you can finally look out for our our discussion of Godzilla vs. Uh, Destoroya which should have been recorded almost a year ago, but it'll be coming soon. We promise. So look out for that. And then, like I said, all my other shows are still on hiatus, you know, or waiting for scheduling, you know, uh, theme warriors in the mic of madness, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, not a lot from me right now. All right. How about you, Don? Yeah, I've got nothing else. (laughs) It was a slow (laughs) week of podcasting, Mike. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, let's see. I I was gonna say my episode of Summer Series still isn't out yet. Um and well, that's right. That's a that's I, a... <laughs> is Duncan I'm I'm not sure if he, he's doing it where he he releases one episode a week or not. I'm what not sure if that's the format. I think every he is five days. Because he said he's releasing eight episodes or ten episodes in eight weeks so that's a little bit more than once a week yeah okay yeah yeah it's like um, five so or six that, days or it's like i said exactly. it's like five or six days yeah okay so in that oh, case I, mm-hmm. oh i was just saying in that case the episode i'm a host on won't likely be released by the time you hear this but i still encourage everyone to listen to every single episode of it because they're yeah. all really good and i did um, other than mention, that uh, oh, go did, ahead. i'm sorry folks i did forget to mention that uh my episode, my first episode of the summer series, which covers 2011, did drop yesterday. So that one is available. That was um, obviously with Duncan was myself, Derek B. from Cinema Attack, and of course, No More Room in Hell, and Doug Tilly from um, No Budget Nightmares and Theme Warriors, which hopefully will be back sooner than later. Hopefully with the summer series now over Theme Warriors because three of the four of us on Theme Warriors were involved with the summer series, and we all know how much time that took out of our lives over the last three to four months. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully that'll be back to, you know, very soon. Yeah, I know, let's see, I know we're trying to get one out in August. It's just going to be a matter of whether we can fit it in, because because I'll be out of town for a week, and it kind of throws scheduling into a wrench just it you know it tightens up uh the schedule since we want to try to get another episode of no more room in hell out as well so yeah. i i'll say this if we don't manage to get one in august even though that's the goal i'm pretty sure september there will be one for sure but we are trying to do it for august so yeah um yeah as, as far as just so I that go, we can say we did an episode this summer <laughs> yeah i was was what april yeah, I was on. Well, actually, no, I mentioned it when we did the episode because we did the episode on old a couple weeks ago, and then I was also on Touch of the Chase right, to right. talk about. It, but I believe I mentioned it on that episode. So other than that, yeah, it's pretty much just been my shows and not much free time for extra podcasting. So you know that'll probably change some sometime soon. Once we get you know, some summer is one of those seasons where. A lot of people have a lot of other things going on outside the house, so kind of have less time, less extra time to put into podcasting. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, as far as our next episode goes, uh, if I am not mistaken, Don't Breathe 2 comes out this week, correct? Yep. Yeah, so barring any f- unforeseen circumstances, that will be our next episode. And I think last time when you were going over the schedule, what is it, like three, four weeks in a row there's a theatrical four, release? Uh, four Str- or five, yeah. Because um, what do we got? We got Candyman. We got Don't Breathe 2. We got, um, wait, where's my list? Hold on, I got my list right here. Let me take a look. Sorry, folks. I should have been prepared. Uh, it's like the Night House, no, Candyman 2. Oh, not Candyman 2. One of them's Candyman. Malignant. Yeah, Malignant, the Night House, Don't Breathe 2. Um, and Candyman, right? Yeah, Candyman's in there. Um, there's at least one more that's um, slipping my mind. So, yeah, we've got like four or five weeks in a row of theatrical releases. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's only if nothing else in this next month gets announced because sometimes there's like those lesser known theatricals that like also get dropped out of nowhere. Yep. So yeah. Um, looks like we have a pretty busy, uh, theater season coming up. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, all right. Well, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thanks everyone for listening catch you in a week's time let's say bye to the listeners au revoir. Adios. <laughs> au revoir. do french werewolves still eat baguettes <laughs>